Welcome back. <laughs> I felt like you were just trying to think of something unique to say. So I, I was, was waiting actually. for it. I was, yeah. I had nothing. <laughs> you can never say welcome back too many times. That's true. Maybe for the next episode, I'll have something. We'll be waiting. Like just dynamic. Like I'll combine Double Dare and Funhouse somehow. Oh. Yeah. Don't set the expectations too high. That's true. Maybe it'll just be uh, the Hidden Temple style then. <laughs> <laughs> The Honda Civic of <laughs> TV game shows. <laughs> no. <laughs> a lot of people love Legends of the Hidden Temple. They do. And we I never watched it. just didn't watch it a yeah. lot. I watched it a little bit. It looked awesome. I was just kidding. Yeah, it actually looks like it would be right up your alley. Yeah, it probably was. We'll have to find some episodes. I don't know if that one's on Paramount Plus like some of the others are. I don't think that it is, but we'll go look. Yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Stacy. And I'm Pete. And this week, something kind of fun that happened it was actually a reshare because I did post some of these videos last year, but I found video footage from when my sister worked at a local video store in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1990. She worked there for several years. And I know I've talked about it before. Like I used to love when I got to go in there with her and oh, yeah. help with things. Sometimes like somebody would bring the cover up. The case. Yeah, the DVD case. No, it was VHS then. Oh, I'm sorry. The VHS. <laughs> it was 1990. I time warped accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> and she would let me go like find it on the shelves and bring it to the person. Oh, okay. So you I got to like work 10. work for free. Basically, yes. But I didn't it was a treat for me to be there. I felt super cool. Cause it was she was there with usually she had a, a friend Krista that I knew and some other people that worked there that I knew. And I always liked because you could go next door to it's right there on the tip of my brain. Starts with a G. <laughs> ah, we have one in town. What is it, though? It's like a. Is it like ice cream? It's like a. Gelato? No, it's like an Italian restaurant. But I would get like a chicken pita. Oh, um, no, I can't. Think ah! of uh, gondolier. Gondolier. Yeah. Yes. So we'd go next door to Gondolier. And I always thought that was a special treat because that was not anywhere that. My family and I typically ate. But anyway, we have a lot more followers now than we had a year ago when I started sending these. And so I just decided to kind of edit it differently. So if you haven't seen it, you need to go scroll back a little bit and look at the post. But it's really fun because it's a shot where it's like you're standing at the door of the video store, like you're just inside. Right. And you see this couple walk in and start to walk down the aisle and you basically like follow them down the aisle. Yeah, it was a good post. And the question, I, I left a question up there that said, it's Friday night in 1990. What are you renting from your local video store? Because this mm -hmm. was pre-Blockbuster. Right. Right. So it was fun seeing everybody's answers. A lot of the answers that people gave were movies that you and I just watched like oh, really this past week, <laughs> like two of them. Don't spoil everyone. I don't want to spoil it coming. because they're, they're movies that we're going to be covering yes. soon. But I saw a lot of those two. Now I know what they are. <laughs> so anyway, go check that out. That was fun and had a pretty big response. Well, good post. Good work. <laughs> Thanks. 
All right, show and tell this week. We have Mikey Carvajal. Mikey, come to the front of the class. So Mikey was born in 85. Favorite 80s movies. Well, the category is favorite 80s movie, but Mikey had a little bit of an issue picking just one. As we all do. As we all do. So his list for favorite 80s movies. He loves E.T., but also Flight of the Navigator, The NeverEnding Story, Mac and Me, and plenty more. All good ones. Would we ever get to cover Flight of the Navigator? Sure. Do you remember that one? The silver ship looked like a almond. Who's in it? Well, the title character you probably have never heard of, it's Joey Kramer. But the voice of Max, none other than Pee Wee Herman himself, Paul Rubens. Oh. So that should give us our card to pass through and cover this movie. <laughs> if you loved it, we can cover it. Now, I think Mac and me is something we may yes. cover. We keep forgetting that we need to do our awesomely bad 80s yes. movies. No offense. <laughs> that one just is like number one in all the lists that I've looked up. Also, how have we not covered E.T. yet? Yeah, I don't know. What is the matter with you? What's the matter with you? It's on the list. <laughs> we will cover it soon. Where is our write-up of it? You can start one. <laughs> You should see the, you're in big trouble eyes I'm getting right now. You're in big trouble, mister. (laughs) Well, listen, we have some plans for summer stuff, so maybe it's something we can do after we get done with all that stuff. Yeah. Is that sufficient? That is acceptable. All right, favorite 80s song. He said, I love anything by Depeche Mode. I'm also a big fan of the music from the Nintendo game Blaster Master. This one slapped me right in the face with all of the memories and nostalgia. First of all, I always thought it was Master Blaster, but I think that comes from another movie where somebody is talking about Master Blaster, but I loved this game. And I went and watched like the intro to it and I'd completely forgotten what a great 80s premise it was. Like this kid is admiring his pet frog and somehow the pet frog gets out of his terrarium or whatever it's in and for some reason in the backyard there's a big box of radioactive material the frog lands on it gets big goes down into a pit that has somehow appeared in the ground the kid decides to follow him finds this awesome looking car slash tank finds a suit to put on and then the game starts oh and i remember renting this one quite a few times i never owned it but I probably will hear shortly if I can find it. Yeah. I was going to say, I really hoped that the kid was then going to ride on the frog. I never beat it. It was so giving me like Falcor vibes. I don't know what happens with the frog. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, is the frog that big the kid could ride on it? He does get pretty big. Yeah, I think he might be able to. He's probably like dog size. So it's like, oh. should you ride a dog? <laughs> probably not. But, you know. Depending on the size of the dog. Yes. So good shout there, Mikey. (laughs) Favorite 90s movie. He starts with this. This picking one thing just doesn't work. (laughs) I know. Everybody gets so mad at us. They do. Listen, it's okay. Make your own rules. Give us as many as you want. That's right. Well, within (laughs) reason. Just understand we may not have time to read them all. That's true. (laughs) He goes on to say, um, anything by Disney and also Power Rangers, the movie. Nice. Was our friend from Felicity in the movie? Uh, I'm not sure if Amy Jo Johnson was in the movie. She was indeed. There you go. Favorite 90s song. He said, for music, I loved most stuff put out by Tooth & Nail Records. 
P.O.D., T.R.L. stuff. I can't pick one song. (laughs) It's hard. Favorite 80s or 90s TV shows. This is a big list. ALF, WCW Monday Nitro, which I love. Power Rangers. Anything on SNCC, Full House, Family Matters. The Wonder Years, Nick Jr., Ronin Warriors. Everything on Nickelodeon, Beast Wars, Pappy Land. Everything on Fox Kids, The Real Ghostbusters, Batman the Animated Series, etc., etc. I feel like all the bases were covered there. Yes. I like it. Did you watch any of those that he listed? Yeah. I mean, ALF, obviously, like Full House Family Matters, The Wonder Years, lots of Nickelodeon shows, Real Ghostbusters. You? Yeah, everything that you listed there, plus Nitro, plus Beast Wars, and also some of Batman the Animated Series. Not all of it, though. Toy that you loved most as a child. He said, my 1997 Monday Nitro Sting Wrestling action figure. It's all I got for Christmas that year, and it's all I wanted. And now he's one of my good friends, and he starred in a music video by my band Islander. The song was Crazy Crazy World. He's a dream come true. And we just watched the video. We did, and when I first read this, I thought he was talking about his action figure that they've become really good friends and the action figure starred in the video. I did not know he meant actual Sting. I'm very jealous right now because I love Sting. It's a really good video. It is. It's fun. Lots of nostalgia. Yeah. And they have one of those see-through phones that I've always wanted. We put it right next to your Garfield phone. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I did just recently get a Garfield phone that I never had as a kid and always wanted. And one day, what, like a month ago, Pete surprised me. I did. did that, and, and it, it works. still works. Oh, love it. Well, you can't dial out on it, but you can call in. That's right. We should release the number uh, on the podcast. And if you want to call us on the Garfield phone, go ahead. Mm. No? <laughs> <laughs> I hate talking on the phone. We'll, we'll release it on Patreon. Okay, maybe. We'll see. It's like the bat phone, except the cat phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, check out Islander, though. I really like that song. Yeah, that was really good. Favorite gamer book that you loved as a child or teenager? Nintendo games, Nintendo novels, Goosebumps, also riding bikes and stuff like that. I love any good book about video games. I never even knew there were, like, Nintendo novels. I've never read one, I'll be honest. But now I'm going to go check Audible because... I feel like I've gotten to the bottom of all the Star Wars novels that I want to listen to. Yeah. So I need to find what's next. I have Halo, but I need some more Nintendo stuff. It surprises me that you've never read those. Yeah, there looks to be a wide variety of them. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. I mean, there's Mario, Luigi, and Double Trouble. Just right here, there's 12 different books. And then they also have Choose Your Own Adventure books. (gasps) But you know my thing about choose your own adventure books. You're going to be love them. all over that. I think that you've just found your summer reading list. I think so, too. <laughs> Favorite place to go to in the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s? KB Toys, The Food Court, Hot Topic, The Arcade. They recently just opened up an old school arcade here in town, and I've yet to go, but I need to go. Oh, I didn't know that. I love the arcade so much. I'll never see you again. No, you won't. <laughs> We're building our own arcade in our home, though. We are, slowly but surely. I almost bought The Simpsons today, but I thought better of it. 
We don't have the space for it, and it's huge. That's true. We are going to run out of space. We are. In our nostalgia room. So I've got to pick and choose what the right games are. Pretty soon we're going to take over all the guest rooms, and nobody (laughs) will have a place to sleep when they come. (laughs) Or they'll just be surrounded by toys and video games. Yeah, that's a good idea. We could have period-specific bedrooms for the guests. That's true, we could. We have our 80s room and a 90s room, and then maybe a collective bonus room. Hmm. That is a good idea. Hmm. That's the 90s room, I claim it. You're claiming that room? Yep. All right, that's fine. All right, final thoughts from Mikey. Looking for a time machine on the daily. Let me know if you guys know of one. We'll give you a shout. We will. Listen, they pretty much have invented nearly real lightsabers, so I feel like time machines, they gotta be. Yeah, they gotta be getting close. (laughs) Thank you, Mikey. That was fun. That was fun. You may be seated, Mikey. Gold stars all around. So if you would like to be featured in our show and tell segment, you can DM us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod or email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. There is a very fun Facebook group, the Cozy Club fans of we don't want to grow up. You can help support the podcast by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And if you like our content, we'd really appreciate you giving us a five-star rating and a quick review. It may be annoying that we ask this all the time, but those numbers do matter for us. So if you haven't done that, please just take a few moments of your time. And share about the podcast and our social media. If you have any friends or family that you think might enjoy it, spread the word. Let them know. All right, our movie this week, our feature presentation. The movie of the week. From 1998, Can't Hardly Wait. So this is written and directed by Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont. So it's a teen rom-com that mostly takes place during a high school graduation party. I personally really love it because they were the class of 98. So was I. (laughs) So amongst the kids from the class of 98 attending the party, you have Preston, who's planning to confess to Amanda that he's had this crush on her for the last four years, even though she has no idea who he is. And Amanda is the most popular girl in school, and she's recently been dumped by her equally popular boyfriend, Mike Dexter. Mike has William plotting revenge against him for years of relentless bullying. Preston's antisocial best friend Denise is dragged along to the party by Preston, where she reconnects with her estranged childhood best friend, Kenny, who plans on losing his virginity by the end of the night. Oh, and every other possible stereotype that could be is at this party. Yes. It was the season for stereotypes in movies. It was. I'm sure that there were still some underrepresented people, obviously, but like the basic like high school cliques, like all of those type of people were definitely here in this movie. And most of them were like heightened to a more obnoxious level for like comedy's sake. And I I can't remember who I was saying this to. Was it on the show or to somebody like what they lack when they do that is showing that people could belong to like multiple groups or cliques. You know, that's never really represented well. Or at least across the board, it's always like you are one thing and that is all you are. It's usually when you get out of high school and into college where you realize like for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I don't have a group here. And then it's an opportunity to kind of fit in elsewhere. Yeah. Like in, in something that was outside of like what you typically fit into in high school. Right. We were talking about that on the episode 
where we talked with some of our Patreon members. Ah, uh, yes, that's what it was. Because yes. we were talking about freaks and geeks yep. and how Lindsay on Freaks and Geeks is kind of that way, but like not a crossover. She is. Yeah. But there's not a lot of characters out there like that. And definitely not in this movie. Right. <laughs> so this is a big cast, so it's a long list. Just bear with us. Starting off, we have Ethan Embry as Preston Myers, Jennifer Love Hewitt as Amanda Beckett, Lauren Ambrose as Denise Fleming, Peter Facinelli as Mike Dexter. We have Seth Green as Kenny Fisher, Charlie Corsmo as William Lichter, Robert Jane as Richie Coolboy, <laughs> and Michelle Brookhurst as Molly Stinson, who's the party host. Joel McKaylee as Jeff, X-File number one. Jay Paulson as Murphy, X-File number two. Those are William's friends. Chris Owen as the klepto kid, who I don't <laughs> think has any speaking lines, but he shows up in almost every scene. He does. Jason Siegel as Matt, known as Watermelon Guy. Clea Duvall as Jana. Jamie Presley as Beth, girlfriend number one. Tamala Jones as Cindy, girlfriend number two. And Jennifer Lyons as Rachel, girlfriend number three. Shannon Rowe as Jake, jock number one. These are the boyfriends, right? Yeah. Sean Patrick Thomas as Ben, jock number two. Freddie Rodriguez as TJ, jock number three. Eric Palladino as Cousin Ron. Donald Faison as Dan, who is the drummer for Love Burger, the band that's playing at the party. Yes. Paige Moss as Ashley. Eric Balfour as Steve, who is the hippie guy. And Selma Blair and Jennifer Paz as the girls Mike hits on. <laughs> I love that that's what they're called. Yeah. Girls Mike hits on. <laughs> Sarah Rue as Earth Girl. Nicole Bilderback as Ready to Have Sex Girl. <laughs> Leslie Grossman as Ready to Have Sex's Friend. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have some uncredited appearances, some shocking yes. uncredited appearances. Jenna Elfman plays the Angel Stripper. Jerry O'Connell plays Trip McNeely. Melissa Joan Hart plays Vicky, the yearbook girl. And Brecken Meyer plays Walter, Loveburger's lead singer. All well-known people. They are. So I did a little looking. There, there can be multiple reasons why somebody goes uncredited. It seems like the most common is... There's not really budget for them. They want to be in the movie for like a friend or something like that. And if you're a member of SAG and you don't make scale, like you can lose your SAG membership. Oh. So they go uncredited. They don't have to make whatever the correct amount would be. Oh, wow. They also do it sometimes to hide the fact that somebody's in a movie. So it's not a spoiler as well. Okay. That is funny. Yeah. Makes sense, though. I didn't know that about the SAG thing. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Okay, fun facts. So, supposedly, <laughs> the idea for the film came out of the realization that the party scenes were always the best part of an 80s teen film. Yes. So, they just decided to make a movie that basically just takes place at the party. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, like, there's a little bit in front of it and a little bit at the end of it, but the bulk of the movie is the party. Right. It's a good idea. It is a good idea. So the movie's title comes from the replacement song of the same title that was from their 1987 album, Please to Meet Me, and it plays over the film's closing credits. I can't wait. So this was written in 96, but it didn't get picked up by Columbia Pictures until mid-97 after they had seen the success of the teen horror flick that we all know and love, Scream. It was like a teen resurgence. It was, yeah. The film had a budget of $10 million and it actually grossed $25 million, at least in North America. 
And the soundtrack peaked at number 25 on the Billboard 200 chart. I can see that. It's a really good soundtrack. It is a good soundtrack. In 2019, Jennifer Love Hewitt was on the podcast, Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. I actually listened to that episode. She did. And she revealed that she's developing Can't Hardly Wait 2. She's going to direct it herself, and it would basically be a high school reunion for the same kids we saw graduate in the movie, which sounds incredible. I am there for it. I know. I'm thinking, you know, we said this year would be my 25th anniversary. Yes. Anniversary. Is that right? Um, reunion. Uh, yeah. Not anniversary. I mean, the anniversary of me graduating. Yes. But my high school reunion. 25th year reunion. So it would be great if they could have it out, you know, before August. But I haven't heard of them actually doing it anytime recently. So I highly doubt it's going to be out in time for that. Well, could you get on it, please, Jennifer? I know you're a listener. So please, let's get this released. I know. I'm, I'm wondering what's going on with that because that was, you know, almost three years ago. Listen, we'll waive our SAG fee. We'll come in uncredited. <laughs> As the podcast hosts that are covering the reunion. <laughs> we'll do whatever it takes. Yes. So Melissa Joan Hart was in the middle of filming season two of Sabrina the Teenage Witch at the time that they were shooting this movie. And she was taking B12 vitamins to stay energized, especially during the all night shoots. I'm sure she was exhausted. Yeah. And apparently Jennifer Love Hewitt was skeptical when Melissa offered them to her because she was convinced that they were drugs. Listen, it's probably better. If you don't know where they came from, don't put them in your I mouth. I mean, yeah, always err on the side of caution. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie originally had an R rating. So in order to receive a PG-13 rating, a number of scenes were deleted, most of which included drug use, sexual situations, and underage drinking. What I wish we had gotten to see of this is Crying Drunk Girl. Okay, she was played by Jennifer Elise Cox, who you might remember as Jam Brady in the Brady Bunch movie. Yeah. She's slurring so much that no one can understand her. So I really would have liked to have seen the scenes where she supposedly hears Kenny and Denise yelling for help in the upstairs bathroom. She's trying to tell people and nobody understands her. Yeah. There's another part where Amanda's looking for Preston and she comes up to her and tells her like she knows exactly who he is and she can even give her his address. Amanda can't understand her and just walks away. Now, do they film these? Yeah. Oh, man. That, I know. That's where we need the unrated version, if that doesn't exist already, where they're in our DVD or Blu-ray. There's a big list of like all the deleted scenes, but I don't know if it's on the DVD. Mm. I'm not sure if I have that on DVD or not. I don't know if I do either. We'll have to go look. Yeah, you can. This is another deleted scene. Okay. On that same front, Jason Siegel had a much bigger role that got cut down, including a scene that explains the origin of Watermelon Guy's watermelon. Where, <laughs> so that's where he holds up a large watermelon and says, this was in my freezer since September and I've poured six bottles of vodka into it and I've been saving it for this time. <laughs> the, all the guys around him grab at it. The watermelon falls on the floor, splattering everywhere. Dreams crushed. I mean, I would have loved to have known his backstory because all you get is him sitting there stroking this watermelon that's made to look like something else. Yes. And it's pretty gross and cringy, but like funny too. But like, that's it. You don't know anything else about this guy. Yeah. Zero context. I know. And I love Jason Siegel. Me so. too. This I thought was fun. So the actor who played foreign guy, mm -hmm. Alexander Martin, is the grandson of Rat Pack legend, Dean Martin. Oh, really? Yeah. So he wasn't foreign. No. Interesting. I don't think, I mean, unless like he grew up somewhere else. That's true. I'm not sure. I didn't do the research. There. Uh oh. Apologies. Might be heading to the uh, AVP's office. <laughs> My answer is, I don't know. <laughs> 
Oh, if I was on, you can't do that on television. I would be slimed right now. Oh man, that would be great to slime each other during the podcast. Yeah, why don't you set that up? I'll set that up. Okay. So Ethan Embry was originally chosen to play the role of Geeky William, but he refused, telling the filmmakers he was aiming to play the guy who gets the girl. That was sort of the driving thing, he said. And it worked. I love that he pushed for that because I was thinking that as I was watching it. Like, I've always really liked Ethan, but I feel like this is the only role that I've seen him in where he's the lead. Yeah. And he gets the girl. He does get the girl. Yeah. He's just such a lovable guy. So I was just really happy to see him in that kind of role. Yeah. But speaking of Ethan, (laughs) he (laughs) can't hardly remember. See what I did there? (laughs) His time on the set. Why? Because he was stoned the whole time. (laughs) Was he really? He confirmed that while he was doing some interviews when he was starring on Once Upon a Time. The TV show? Yeah. He was on there? He was. Also, though, I guess there are supposedly certain scenes or there's a scene where you can see Ethan doing cartwheels in the background (laughs) of a scene. I tried to find it, but I couldn't. But if anybody knows exactly where that is, let us know so we can go try to find it. Were they high cartwheels? Yeah. He has has no recollection. (laughs) That's so great. I know. (laughs) So Peter Facinelli won the role of Mike by doing (laughs) push-ups. He told MTV in 2008, when you're younger, you just want to walk in and be the role. The casting people laughed, but I ended up getting the part. So I guess it was a good call. I guess so. (laughs) 2008, that must have been when he was doing press for Twilight. Oh, yes. It's so funny how he can play a role that I hate so much and move on to be Carlisle Cullen, who I love. Just love him. Doctor. Dr. Cullen. Dr. Cullen. (laughs) And I just want to put out there that all of our fun facts were found on Wikipedia, IMDb, and there was an article by Kate Ward on Bustle.com. Way to cite sources. Something new for us. Yeah, I just figured. Well, we have to now because everything we got before now, we got ourselves. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I figure people assume that we just research. Yeah. But most of these things that, you know, I wasn't like there for in person to get the information. Yeah, and we didn't interview anyone to get it. So. Right. We're just uh, Google Foo. We do sometimes watch like little documentaries, how it's made and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not every time. Not every time. But anyway, we're going to try to do better. I don't want anybody to be upset. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. Already time for favorite moments. These favorite moments. <laughs> Is that our new favorite moments? Song? Yeah, I was, I'm singing it in my head, but I, I need my new keyboard to be here and then I'll do some auto tune. <laughs> All right. Who's kicking us off? I'll go first. Do it. All right. My number three, Amanda's entrance into the party. Guys. It's the first reveal of Jennifer Love Hewitt. We've seen her a little bit before now, but they don't show her face. Yeah. So, and, you know, there's a big build up to it and it's slow motion and there's wind blowing and she's got this like glowy filter around her. It's dramatic. <laughs> it is very dramatic. I also love that in the movie, Not Another Teen Movie, that her Party of Five co-star, Lacey Chabert, plays a spoof of her character. Where everywhere she shows up, she gets that kind of entrance. <laughs> right. <laughs> so great. I want that kind of entrance when I walk into a room. Listen, I feel like it's doable, right? It's definitely doable. You just need a fan, some lights, glam squad. 
I'm going to start doing it around the house. Okay. And I like walk into your office to right, like, like bring you a sandwich. You come in through a specific <laughs> door and you can hit like the glam button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I feel like we're on the Jetsons. If only. Yes. All right. My number three, the line from William's friend. I can't remember which friend it was, but William's talking about going into the party and having a drink or two. And he's like, but William, you could get drunk. You could get addicted. <laughs> It made me remember, like, thinking that before I had actually, like, drank anything. Like, oh, if you drink beer one time, you could get addicted. Right. It's a big unknown. (laughs) It's a big unknown. Yeah, I thought that was funny, too. Yeah. Number two on my list, Denise and Kenny in the bathroom. Really, from start to finish. I love that whole thing every time it flashes back to them. But especially when they both end up letting their guard down with each other and they can just be themselves Mm -hmm. because obviously Kenny is a huge poser and Denise is like, she's like a loner kind of. I mean, I know she has Preston. Yes. She's very cynical. She's very cynical. Yeah. I feel like there was definitely something about her that like lightened up once they started talking. They have a long history, right? They used to play Miami Vice in the basement. Uh, He once destroyed her Cabbage Patch Kid in the second grade. (laughs) (laughs) And I love, of course, the part where they're sitting in front of the bathtub and they're singing The Right Stuff by New Kids. The Right Stuff. The new kids. I mean, nothing made me happier than seeing the two of them singing, oh, 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 and like doing the little dances. The best. I love the intro when she first walks in the bathroom and he's trying to get ready for what he's got going on later. (laughs) And it is, it's just really funny. Yeah, he's practicing some positions. Yes. One leg's on the the sink, the other's on the tub, and he's got a hairdryer because I think he got some water on himself. So he's trying to dry his pants, but he's also practicing his moves. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, is, uh, it makes me laugh when I see that. He's got his backpack full of love stuff. Yes. <laughs> Quote, unquote. All right. My next one. The whole scene where William is detailing out the plan to get Mike and he's telling his friends, okay, you're Boba Fett and you're Grand Moff Tarkin because he's using Star Wars figures for it. Yes. But then they start arguing about, no, no, I want to be Boba Fett. And it, it felt very familiar because if somebody had tried to make me Grand Moff Tarkin and not Boba Fett. I would have been very upset. (laughs) Maybe still today. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this thing could actually happen right now. It could. You know? Right. I mean, there's Boba Fett right here. That's true. He's staring at me. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as uh, I saw that scene, I was like, oh, that'll be one of his favorite moments. (laughs) And my number one, the train station scene, the final scene, Amanda goes to find Preston with the letter that he wrote her. We were very happy that he didn't ditch his Kurt Vonnegut conference. Yes. He was on his way to go to, to be with her. You know, it's like, I kind of forgot what his decision was when she comes after him. But usually people are like, oh, I'm not going to go now. Like they just changed their plans altogether. Right. Where he decided he was just going to delay it a couple hours so he could hang out with her. Good choice. Very good choice. Very responsible, Preston. Well done. (laughs) But they have a great kiss. I said again here, I do love that Ethan got to play the guy that gets the girl. And they're also very clearly a better fit than she was with Mike. Absolutely. Like she seems way too sweet and normal to have ever been with that guy, especially for four years. Right. Silliness. I feel like Beth, girlfriend number one, would have been a better fit for Mike. Jamie Presley. Yeah, Jamie Presley. I've told the story about how she called my friend a (laughs) bitch. 
when we were in the car next to her in L.A., (laughs) in Santa Monica, to be exact. I'll never forget it. I still see her face clear as day. She probably remembers, too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. No, she. (laughs) we were probably the fifth person she called that that day. (laughs) She was having some road rage. But, I mean, I'm sure she's lovely. She just wasn't lovely that day. Listen, people get frustrated when they're driving cars. I know. I just, you know, for me, it was like, oh, look, that's Jamie Presley. And then she's like, move, bitch. I'm like, oh, okay. Hi. (laughs) Put her on my list of actresses I don't like. She's on the naughty list. (laughs) She's naughty. All right. My number one. So this is a small moment, but I really loved it because there was so much nostalgia mixed in. When Preston has to rush to the payphone to call the radio station to get his question in to Barry Manilow. All of it. All of it. It's so reminiscent of those times. And all of that was about to change in just a couple years. Yes. But so, think about how how much that mattered. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, I don't know. I just feel like not having everything at your fingertips really made things matter more than they matter now. Absolutely. Think how, we've said it before, think how special a photo was. Right. Like each individual photo mattered. Now there are certain photos that you take digitally and they matter. But there are so many pictures on my phone. I'll never really go through them all. They don't all matter to me. Right. And we don't even, you know, it's like a whole thing if you want to actually like get pictures printed and stuff yeah. like that. Like where before you you didn't even know what the pictures looked like unless you got it printed. Yeah. Unless you were using a Polaroid, you know, but. That's true. And then you could be like, oh, let's take it again on my Polaroid. But then you're wasting one of your Polaroid sheets. You and know? they were lower quality, too. True. But yeah, just it's always cool to see moments like that that remind you of what that was like because we lived it. We did. And it'll never come back, I don't think. I mean, when is there going to be a radio call-in show that you have to rush to a payphone to get a call into? It'll never happen again. No, that's sad. But that's why we're so nostalgic for it. That's right. We need that time machine, Mikey. (laughs) Okay, HMs. Mm -hmm. There's a few here. So a few William moments. Right. I love when he's at the party and he decides to drink some beer and he immediately (laughs) spews it out of his mouth all over the guys that are standing there. And he's like, nobody drink the beer. The beer has gone bad (laughs) (laughs) because he hates the way it tastes. It is an acquired taste. And yeah, I just thought that was hilarious because I guess he just assumed that it must have tasted better than that. Yeah. But he never tried it. Everybody like takes a sip like it's fine. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) also later when he's drunk the moment when he says i can't feel my legs i have no legs and everybody's so pumped up about it and then of course his performance of paradise city Mm -hmm. i remember these moments getting all the big laughs in the theater and that whole performance felt so much bigger and more impactful back then right where watching it back it felt a little more subdued and just kind of eh Like we've been desensitized to like this type of situation because it's happened so much more. Yes. Since this moment. I don't know if this was the first time this happened in a movie, but I feel like it might have been the first time I ever saw it. Right. It was definitely something that felt new and different at the time. Yes, we had seen so many party scenes in movies, but where like, quote unquote, nerdy guy gets wrecked and then becomes like the it guy the, yeah. the person everybody the wants life of the to party hang, yeah hang out with that night and because you see like thinking of 16 candles pretty in pink those guys have their moments but they're not like 
I mean, maybe kind of weird science is sort of like that, but they don't, yeah. but they don't like, they just have a party. They're not necessarily the life of the party. Yeah. The party's just at their house. Right. And people are really just there because of Lisa. Yes. So, yeah, I think this was, I mean, I could be forgetting something. We probably are. But as far as like a typical teen movie, there may have been some kind of indie film or something that was a little lesser known where there were moments like this. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think this was one of the first scenes like this that I saw. So I had to include it because I don't feel like we can talk about this movie and not talk about, I have no legs. Like my friends and I used to quote that (laughs) all the time. But anyway, so that's that. All right. My HM, when Preston walks face first into the wall as he's trying to avoid Amanda as she's walking out of the room, every time I see it, it makes me laugh because he he sees her coming. He just freaks out and he, (laughs) he turns around and starts to run straight into the wall. Yes. Also, right after that, he's in the hallway with Denise. Yeah. And Denise says to Preston, were you this weird when we went out? And Preston's like, were you this bitchy when we went out? <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yeah, I was a bitchy eighth grader for that whole week, <laughs> which made me laugh because I experienced a lot of just week long romances. Right. Torrid. In the seventh and Heartfelt for yes. a week. Yeah. And then you just move on. Yes. Devastated for at least two to eight hours. Right. Then you move on. Well, and it's like I would have these crushes on people that lasted years sure. or a year or, you know, a while. But then a different guy would show interest in me and like ask me out and I'd be like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> so then I would go, quote unquote, go out with them for like a week, you know, and it was like the longest week of your life. So I loved that. That was very relatable. Plus, it was it kind of let you know, like, don't root for these two because you might kind of want to. Yeah. Because there's a lot of tropes like that where it's like he's in love with the beautiful, popular girl when he's got his best friend who's like this cute, sweet, cool girl right next to him. And he's going to realize at the end that she's the one he's supposed to be with. But they didn't do it that way this time. Which I liked. Me too. All right. Next HM for me. The flashlight lightsaber duel on top of the shed between Jeff and Murphy, who are William's friends. I've actually done that for sure. So that was a blast from the past. On top of the shed? Not on a shed, but with flashlights. So this is towards the beginning of the movie. Denise is talking to the tassel guy where you get your cap and gown, whatever. And he's telling her, don't you want to keep your tassel? You know, for five dollars, you can keep your tassel. She's (laughs) like, yeah, then I can press it between my yearbook and my prom corsage. She's just so sarcastic. She is. But I was like, yeah, uh, I would do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was laughing because I was like, I kind of think I did do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't like press my I didn't have a prom corsage because I didn't have a corsage. I don't think. I didn't have a date. Like, we just went with friends. So uh, I don't think I had that. But I did keep my tassel. And my I did yearbook. as well. I feel like my tassel got a little ruined, but I think I still have it. Right. But it just sets the the tone that she is not a sentimental person. She just wants to get the F out of high school. That's right. And, She's done. Yeah. All right. Next one for me. Reminiscing guy. And this line that he says to Amanda here. Hey, Amanda. Do you remember that time you danced with me in the sop-op? <laughs> I never told you, but I had the hugest boner and I thought maybe you don't know we could work things out. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so bad for her because for a moment she was like, oh, I do. That's so sweet. And (laughs) And he he ruins it. He ruins it with one of the funniest lines of the movie. That cracked me up. Do you remember ever slow dancing with girls? At, well, you didn't have like middle school dances. Yeah, I didn't have them then. So Did you go to dances in high school? Yeah. Did that ever happen to you? No. <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> 
I did write down like Jenna Elfman and Preston's, I mean, the stripper angel, angel yes. stripper and Preston's interaction in the parking lot. I just love how she's like giving him a pep talk and she's <laughs> telling this whole story about how she was in love with Scott Baio and yes. she was determined that she was going to meet him one day. And then she finally did and she couldn't speak. You know, she always wonders what if I had. Right. So she kind of used that to pump Preston up. About talking to Barry Manilow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because she thought it was for Barry. And he's like, no, it's for Amanda. But she didn't need to know that part. She was just supportive no matter what. She was. (laughs) All right. Final HM. I liked it when Mike said to William that he was sorry. Yeah. And I feel like he meant it. But then he tricked us all and he was mean again the next morning at the diner, which is not cool. Because his friends were there. Because his friends were there. And the thing is, is it's not cool, but also realistic. It is realistic. It's like, I actually feel like in the moment, he genuinely did feel sorry. And he was kind of having that moment with him. Yeah. Because there was no reason for him to say that. Right. I mean, he I was think also it was genuine. wrecked, right. you know, but then it's like the second that his friends are there, he's like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Just kidding. Who are you, nerd? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he got his. He became a vampire doctor. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did become a loser. He did become a loser. Well, we don't know. We've got to see in the very short term. He definitely became a loser, but maybe he turned it all around. Well, like he got fired from his job at. Yeah, but that was still early, right? Like he failed out of college. He got fired at his job at the car wash. I think it was at the car wash. Right. And it was because of those pictures yes. that were taken of him and William. A lot of time has which passed. Also though. makes zero sense, but whatever. It does make zero <laughs> sense. A lot of time has passed. He's probably a politician now. <laughs> Maybe. (laughs) Okay. These last few things were just things that made me laugh because they were either telling of the time or relatable. But just when all the girls, girlfriends one, two, and three, scream when jocks one, two, and three, aka their boyfriends, show up at the party. Like, scream. Scream. Like so excited to see them. Like, NSYNC just showed up. Right. And that whole thing is just funny because Mike thinks he has talked all of them into dumping their girlfriends, too, because he's just dumped Amanda because they want to have a fun summer and go to college single. But then the guys see their girlfriends at the party and they're like dancing and they're like, you know, sorry, man, (laughs) attracted, you know, like their their girlfriends are hot and they're just like, yeah, no. And then they're like, well, we're going to this Pearl Jam concert. So after that, and he's like, oh, when's the concert? And they're like, August, (laughs) 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 knowing that it's like May or June. Wait, what word? May. (laughs) (laughs) Also, just the girl that owns the house, the girl that's throwing the party. She doesn't own the house, but her parents do. She's freaking out the whole time. And I related to that because of the one time that I had a party when I was in high school. You were freaking out? Yes. I mean, not as outwardly as she was, but if they had been trashing my house the way that they're trashing her house, I definitely would have been freaking out more. Yeah, that house without a sweet 80s level montage of cleaning. She's going to get in trouble, old Molly. Yes. Yeah, we didn't get that uh, typical... Reveal to the parents. Yes. Or the cleaning montage as the parents are pulling into the driveway. I guess it's because we didn't really know her. No, we didn't. Which actually kind of made it more realistic, too, because a lot of times I think people will throw parties and people that don't even really know that person will show up. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't know. We're just going over to this party at so-and-so's house or so-and-so invited me to. Yeah. And that's how parties explode. It is true. Mine started to grow with some people that, not that I didn't know, but that I did not invite and I did not want 
there. I've told that story before, but I just remember being really nervous about because people were drinking. Yeah. First of all. And people, for some reason, cannot throw a bottle cap yes. away. It was the bottle caps and the cigarette butts for me. Like oh. that was the thing I was most freaking out about. And I remember, you know, the next morning being all over my front yard, driveway, everywhere. But several of my friends are out there helping. How did your neighbors not turn you in? I don't know. I mean, I feel like my parents did find out, but because <laughs> my sister was there. It was okay. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, of course, I'm sure they didn't know that people were drinking and stuff. Right. They just thought we had people over. Yeah, because that's what high schoolers do. They just chill and have pizza and watch movies. Right. I don't know how many people were there. I would say like it wasn't huge. It was like 20 or 30 people. I was going to say that's a good amount of people. It is. But I mean, I had a big group of friends. Right. So. You're very popular. Oh, so popular. But, you know, I wasn't a person that threw parties. I wasn't a person that partied at that time, really. Right. So it was, I remember I took a sip of like somebody's drink. I don't know what they were drinking. And everybody was like, Whoa! <laughs> just freaking out that I took a drink. Did you then like hold it up over your head? I like... wish I had. No, I was just like, oh, you know, I was still kind of a good girl at that point. So yeah. I was like, don't draw attention to it. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> don't look at me right now. <laughs> don't look at me. Anyway, she just made me laugh, you know. Yeah. And then every time that the door opened, she's like, don't let the dog out. Don't let the dog out. Which reminds me of us with telling people not to let our cats out. Yes, that is very familiar. But we've got a solution. You put them in a room that does not get open. Yeah, we learned our lesson. We did. And then just another relatable thing is there's this huge line for the bathroom and the door opens and like 20 girls just pile in. Pile in. And so then you've got the 50 people that are waiting in line now have to wait like another 20 to 30 minutes while each of those girls uses the bathroom in that room because girls won't they don't care. They'll just take turns peeing. <laughs> and then like primping in the mirror and everything and also gossiping about what's going on, possibly puking. Who knows? In a normal bathroom? Well. Like without stalls? Yeah. Really? I mean, I used to, there was like a bar that my friends and I used to go to quite a bit and it was a big bathroom, but it was like had a lock and there was only one toilet, like a gas station bathroom, but yeah. it was nicer than that. Yeah. And a bunch of us would go in there and take turns peeing. And hmm. I don't know from that. I mean, listen, we have troughs. Right. In our bathroom. So, I mean, it's even worse. Right. But I remember a few times when we did that, people like banging on the door outside. Obviously, because yeah. that establishment should have more than one toilet. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That was definitely a place where I used the men's bathroom at some point a couple times because. I mean, the lines are shorter. Yeah. When you got to go, you got to go. It's always funny when a girl like walks in and you just know like, yeah, I saw that line. So I'll get out. You go ahead. Right. <laughs> And then I just had to throw in because we made this observation while we were watching and yes. maybe possibly because we just watched Twilight. But Jennifer Love Hewitt had some Kristen Stewart vibes. Very similar, though less annoying. Way less. Deliveries. Way less annoying, yeah. but definitely some of her gas, her and, facial expressions yeah. really was the big similarity. Just slightly overacting with her face. Yeah, a little bit. But it was early on. Well, JLH had been acting, I guess, for a while. Oh, yeah. She went since she was little. Yeah. But it, it's like she acts with her eyes. Like she does a lot of eye squinting and things like that. And right. her mouth a little bit. I don't know what it is, but it was definitely reminding us of her. Yes, it was uh, very reminiscent. 
Yeah. I had never thought of that before, though. It didn't ruin it for me, though, because that was like the toned downness that Kristen needed. Yeah, because it was fine. You know, it was a little dramatic, but not too dramatic. Right. And I never noticed it before. Right. Right. So it's obviously I'm just noticing it now because we have more over actors in our lives. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Kristen. That's it. That's it. Wow. We've done the movie. We have. All right. So 98. I just got to talk about a lot of my faves from 98 in that episode where we're talking about our senior years. Yeah. So it was kind of fun because I got to include some that I didn't get to include in that. But you tell me yours first. All right. First up from Fatboy Slim, Gangster Trippin'. This is one of my big ski songs that I've used ever since I started skiing and could have music with me, mm-hmm. which was early 2000s or so. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is one of those songs. Nice. Okay, my first one is from Lauren Hill, X Factor. See, no one loves you more than me, and no one ever will. That's a good one. Yeah, and so in our senior year episode, we had to pick songs that were released like actually during our senior year. So for me, it was August of 97 to May of 98. And both the songs I picked were songs, I think both from, yeah, both from 98, but they were like into my freshman year of college. So I couldn't use them for that. So I got to use them (laughs) for this. But I loved that song and I felt it. And I know that I was thinking about a certain someone when I listened to it. Were you? Yep. Are you looking at that certain someone right now? I am. Oh. Because no one loves you more than me. And no, no one, one ever will. And no one ever will. I believed it then and didn't know if that was true, but I believed it. And uh, it is true. Now. It, it was true. And it is true. That's right. <laughs> All right. Next up for me from Pearl Jam, Given to Fly. So this is a goosebump song for me. Every time I listen to it, I I just feel this song. I love it. <laughs> You're smiling so big. <laughs> I love it. And my last song by David Gray, This Year's Love. This year's love it better last. Heaven knows it's high time. I've been waiting on my own too long. Bellex. <laughs> I thought you normally said battle ass, <laughs> like battle ass. Battle ass. Yes, I could say that too. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be better last. Better last. That makes a lot more sense than battle axe or battle ass. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to make fun of this song, but I think deep down you'd like it. I do like it. I just never could understand what he was saying. Right. And so I would just make up my own words. Yeah. <laughs> This song I love. A part of me feels like maybe I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I couldn't find it. So I think it was on our high school review with our Patreon members. 
Oh, no, it wasn't. Because yeah. I, no, I just told you. Because I was singing it for him. Right. But I just told you that I couldn't use it because it was after that. It wasn't in that time period. But I did mention it because I yeah. said like, because you were talking about how there were two albums or something that you couldn't mention, but you still mentioned them. That was this for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and because Amber had chosen another David Gray song, and that's why I brought that up. Ah, uh, okay. So I finally got to use it. Yay. Anyway, this is a very Pacey and Joey from Dawson's Creek song. They should be laying in hammocks on a sailboat reading to each other. Spoiler <sighs> alert. I, I know. say spoiler alert. Guess I don't need to watch that season. Yeah, you do. It's the uh. most important one. <laughs> well, that one and the one right before it. We've got to watch Felicity first. Sorry. Um, that's fine. I'm happy to have you watch any, any of those. <laughs> <laughs> the excitement on your face there. That was palpable. <sighs> All right. Well... Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, take it easy. We'll see you next time. Peace.